Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. Hey everybody, David here and welcome to the ASOG podcast. In this episode, recorded live at ASTE 2022, Lucas and I sit down with the incomparable Monique Mondragon, product analyst with Shopware, the OG sponsor of this podcast, and a bunch of our content on YouTube. This was a very fun conversation. There was a lot of laughing. We discussed the one thing that can make almost any shop profitable, love languages, something I knew nothing about, and the fundamental differences between a company that just needs your business on the books and a company that truly wants to deliver value for you, their customer. Before we get started, make sure you have a set to automatically download the latest episode. Check out our new content on YouTube. And if you're so inclined, leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. It would really help us out. And now, here we go. She's not going to want to record that. We're not going to. We're going to. Oh, do I need these? I yeah. Need these. That way you can hear yourself. But it's like, then you can hear like if you're close enough to the microphone and you talk like this. So Sam. Does my hair look crazy though? No, it looks good. It looks really good. You're okay. very photogenic. Thank you. So sweet. Yeah, of course. So, you know. Mine looks better though. <laughs> <laughs> this hair. Have yes. You, your, yeah. your beard hair. Have you had Thai food before? Yeah. He never wants to get tired with me. I'm what? like, let's go get some tire. I don't know. Let's go get some tire. And he's like, ah. What does this have to do with your hair? What's that? We just had Thai food. Oh. And you know, Thai food, like, it's central ingredient to Thai food is fish sauce. And I don't, like, we, me and my wife go to a Thai restaurant. And it, it, order after order starts coming in because you can, the little Thai restaurant we've gone to, you can hear the kitchen. is like right next to where you sit. Small restaurant. And like uh, pad thai, no fish sauce, whatever, 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 no fish sauce, no fish sauce, no fish sauce. Okay. You know why I love listening to you? Because you are just like me. I'm like, I'm on this one subject. And then all of a sudden I'm like in 15 other subjects. Hey. I'm all just catch up. Just, just be right here with me. I was listening to your last podcast and you're talking about the bells and then you're going into this tangent of Christmas. <laughs> Don't get you started on the bell. And how you're just super anti-Santa. <laughs> but I will say my favorite holiday is also Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the best. It is. So check this out. We're on the way back. 
All I'm saying is don't you got to have the fish sauce in there. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just you're not getting the full experience. Like it's made a certain way. Just eat it the way they make it. And he's back to Thai. <laughs> so we're, we're on the way back from the restaurant. Okay. And I asked for pet for Thai hot. It was I mean, it was spicy, but I know it's spicy because the top of my head will start to sweat and I will start to hiccup uncontrollably. <laughs> That's how you know it's hot. That's what I do. If it's really hot, I'm like, <laughs> and the top of my head starts to sweat, and you're like, okay, this is good. This is hot. Wow. But you know, this was just a slight. And everybody always freaks out. They're like, well, this that's our hottest. You understand that? I'm like, I understand. Are you sure? I'm like, yeah, go ahead. You're like, it's a challenge. It's if a my, challenge. If my head is sweating, then it's hot enough. <laughs> the hiccups. The hiccups tell you. Because I, I, can, I can get a little bit of sweat going, and it's. It's spicy, Mm -hmm. but when the hiccups hit, this is hot. (laughs) (laughs) So we're uh, we're on the way back from the restaurant, and I mentioned you, Mm -hmm. and David said, "She's crazy." And I'm (laughs) like, "No, no, I said she was weird. I said she was weird. I didn't say she was crazy. I said she was weird." Very distinct differences. Yeah, yeah. You want to tell her why? What's that? Do I want to know why? I don't know. That, like, you have a, a very uh, different personality when you put your, like, when you're in sales mode. <laughs> when you're in business mode. I, that's what I said. It was business mode. When you get in business mode, you're like, oh, crap. You know what's really funny? is a few years here, uh, or, or excuse me, a few years ago here, um, there was somebody next to me at the booth. And I was the only one here. So I was the only salesperson here. And they pointed out that when I'm in sales mode, I stand on my tippy toes. Oh. You get very intense. Yeah, it, it David, is, David it is. is like, he's like, I look, I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> she scared me. So I guess it is crazy then, is the right word that you're looking for, right? No, I said weird. I didn't say crazy. Listen, because you like, you flip a switch. It's like, you know, you're very like happy go lucky, just kind of like going with the flow and then like, boom. <laughs> oh, what happened? Who am I talking to? <laughs> is that a good thing? Is yeah. it? No, no. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, sure. I think it's a good thing. <laughs> In, indifference? Like, but it's, you know, it's like. Down to business. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Like, it's like, we're doing this. Go. So I become a Mighty Mo. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think I that's agree. why he called you Mighty Mo. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, she sells. She sells you on on whatever shopware is doing. I don't even think that it's that she sells you. You buy because she believes it. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, those best salespeople, like they believe they're in their product a hundred percent. I'm going to quote you. you. I'm going to tell shopware. Did you hear him? He said the best. Yeah, put me in that I, category. I definitely <laughs> think you are. I've always said that. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving forward with that discussion, you know. We happened upon what a discussion? Thai food or Christmas? <laughs> what are we going on? No, it was or, Thanksgiving. Or his head sweating. Oh, his head sweat. He's I keep the, telling him I want to do the one chip challenge. And he's like, no. And when we went there, and they're like, how spicy? He's like, no, no spice. Do you not handle it well? I just hate spicy food. Really? Yeah, I just don't like spicy food. It's so much fun. I think I, it's a good thing you live in North Carolina then. Right? You wouldn't make it in like Texas, Arizona, Colorado. I, I can handle some spice. It's just I don't like heartburn. Oh, yeah. Do you get heartburn? Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Yeah. I don't get heartburn. Yeah, if I, man, lay down at the end of the night after eating something spicy, 
It's just miserable. What's spicy? Like ranch? Is that you want <laughs> of those? Ketchup. <laughs> Ketchup's a little too spicy for me. My wife is like that. Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, Shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. Right? Ranch is too spicy for her. That's what I do. I'm telling her anyway. My kids turned into that, too. Like, they don't... If black pepper is too spicy for them. I was just going to say that. We have some family friends. They come over, and they're, like, saying things are spicy, we only use pepper. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, oh, this is too. Th-. My son, he's like, this is spicy. I'm like, I put black pepper in it. There's just, nothing else in there. I'm just really glad that your son doesn't look like Scott Palaba. I'd be questioning right about now. Oh. Seems to be a problem sometimes, right? I didn't know Scott, was, this was, Scott was like that. What? You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> When David squints like that, you know it's deep shit. Oh, man. <laughs> this went off the rails quick. Well, I feel left out now because I don't know what's making you squint. And I'm a little jealous. You, I don't think you want to know. When David squints, mm-hmm. that means like the inside joke just hit. Okay. Um, We're going to call him squints yes. off of the Sandlot. Oh, is that, is that, is that one of the I saw the Sandlot in the movie theater when it came out. Really? Yeah. It's been a couple of years ago, huh? Not that many. <laughs> 31? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, it was like 30 years ago. <laughs> it's funny. Anyway, you're very good at selling yes. the product. That was my point. But, you know, you don't come off that way. Yeah. Just in normal interaction. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you're just like very laid back and you're just kind of joking and very go lucky, happy-go-lucky is what I would describe you as. And then sales mode, boom, and you get very intense, like very focused. You're like, oh. Hyper-focused. Yeah. And on my tippy toes, mind Apparently, you. I don't know. <laughs> I guess this was on the phone. This was when you, you were showing me some of the beta stuff that was coming oh. out with... Uh, with the messaging in uh, in shopware and and I'm like okay and you were like blah 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 and then this is a slide over here and this like, whoa all right let's do this it was good well I'm excited for another round of that 
think it's about time also. <laughs> yeah, like lots of lots of cool stuff's coming out. That's pretty I saw the address thing. I haven't messed with it. That is pretty slick. Did you already have it? No. I bet you already had it. No. You've had it for months. No. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so uh our one of our friends, Debbie, posted and, and we were talking about shop management softwares. Okay. And somebody basically said, hey, I'm looking at this software. No, they had switched and they were complaining about it. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, they had switched. No, no, maybe they were looking at it and it was Ashley. Uh, Who said Ashley she had Bloom, She had switched and right. found it that it had turned into a cluster. Right. And she said it was a mess. And the the argument was made that you got to be really careful with these companies because there's going to be a whole bunch of them coming out. And they're all going to say that they're the best or that they're, I don't they don't even say Solving, that. Solving, bringing a solution. No, they don't. How does this one? They, they all say, we're going to increase your revenue. They all say that. It's like, okay, well, if you're on paper and pen, then yeah, you probably will get a revenue increase. And some of them will clean up your workflow. Maybe depends how you get it set up. Some of them will clean up your workflow. And then a lot of them have dvi built into it and the dvi alone will double or triple your revenue especially if you're starting if you from do doing it. nothing yeah. yeah yeah but like and you and i were talking about this and i was going through a website uh this was this was one of the podcasts we were, t- we were talking and the this particular company was featuring a shop in all of their advertising and if you look the shop up, and I think even in one of the pictures they used in the ad, if you look the shop up, in the background on the side of this guy's van says, like, we will beat any price, cheapest price in town. It was just some kind of that wording. Like, and, and you know, now this guy's like, he's working out of like a storage unit, and they've got him heavily featured yeah. in their advertising. Yeah. And you got to go, now I know they're like new and stuff like that, but at the same time, like maybe be really careful about how you position your brand. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Be really careful because it's not, if you want to appeal to the larger operations or the legitimate operations or the better shops or the more profitable shops, like you don't want to slap your name on just any, put them on anything. And what would make me question the entirety of the brand is if you think that's your ideal customer to then feature them in your, you're like, you either have, you have a complete and total misunderstanding of the business and what it takes to run the business. You have no idea. So what does that tell me about the company? That's something that the person that runs the company, the person that's running the marketing doesn't know anything about automotive. So then you're like, okay, but their name is on every single conference, every single show, they're in every magazine, and you're like, okay, well, great. I also see them in the news getting, you know, lots of VC coming in, like lots and lots and lots of funding. It's like so-and-so got 10 million, 25 million, yada, yada. And you're like, okay, so they're at this point, all that matters is growth. Mm-hmm. We just got to get names on the list. That's it. That's all we care about. And not the end product. That doesn't matter as much. We just need to show growth so we can keep getting that. That uh, well, and, and that you funding. know, I, I sat through a couple of classes at Ratchet and Wrench last week, 
And mm-hmm. and that was one of the things is we don't care, right? We don't care if, if they're going to be a good client or not. We just need more clients. Mm-hmm. We don't care if you're going to be a forever client or you're going to spend money with us. We just need more clients. We Whatever it takes to get you in the door, I'll worry about converting you later. I, I'm not worried about getting you to say yes to everything. He's saying what, some of the, the dialogue. That's what he's talking about. Some of the dialogue right. amongst the shop owners yeah. and some of the classes and stuff like that. That was the philosophy they were taking. Right. Well, I mean, it was it, one of the things that came up was a, a conversation when it comes to um, an evaluation, right? Get them in and just sell them the one thing now. Sell them the transmission service right now. And then you can call them back and sell them the other stuff once you've already got them out of the shop. But don't tell them, no, you can't do it right now. Tell them, yes, you can do it now. No matter what it is, I don't care what it is. Yes, I'll get you in. Bring it in. Right? And so it's very much kind of the same thing for me. Because if you look at, at these software offerings, it's not about the quality of the product. Right now, it's more about the quantity. Yeah, some of them. Right, some of them. Yeah, we can't group them all together. And so, you know, it comes down to a a conversation, you know, are you seeing that? Because when it was Shopware and Techmetric, Mm -hmm. right, and some of the other offerings too, the focus was on a really good product. Mm -hmm. That was what it was supposed to be. And so, like, if you talk to Carolyn, Carolyn's like, hey, I had this vision, I had this idea, and now you're kind of like the visionary too and, like, Y'all are like, hey, I can see this working like this and this working like this. and Maybe we do this like this. Yep. And it makes sense. But you talk to other people and it's like, look, man, we just need people. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It, we'll, we'll get it working. Don't worry. Yeah. 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 So you, you all have talked about a lot of different things. And the thing that sticks out to me is this, this van saying they can do things the cheapest yeah. in terms of pricing. Right. And. I look at a lot of uh, the folks in the industry, shop shop management systems, and <clears throat> because they're just trying to get in and make a big impact as quickly as they can, a lot of them push those prices down, and so they're devaluing themselves. They're devaluing the rest of the shop management systems in the market. And when you think about it, <clears throat> at your shop, let's say, if I came in for any service, let's say a water pump, and you told me the price point, and I said, no, so-and-so down the street can do it for $100 less. You'd say, well, go ahead and go. And when right. they break it, or if they can't warranty your, your service, I'll be here waiting to Clean fix up it the again. Mess. Exactly. Right. right. So we don't, from your perspective, you would never just race to the bottom because then right. you would be out of business, right? Right. So right. when when you're looking at different shop management systems and everybody's trying to race to the bottom, you sacrifice that value that we're really trying to not only offer, but long-term just really trying to achieve to give you something different. Because if you wanted to use the same systems, nobody would be moving from Mitchell or from our rider or whatever antiquated system might be, you know, still around. And that really speaks to me because uh, Mark Allen from Audi, one of the things that he talked about while we were there, mm-hmm. I had a really good conversation with him. And he said, listen, he said, here's the thing. If we solved every engineering problem the same, we would all be driving Ford pickups, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> it, we, everybody would have the same color Ford pickup. We, mm-hmm. we took a challenge from a consumer and we said, here's the challenge. We're going to use our ideas, our thought processes, our engineering to solve that for the consumer in a way that we think our consumer would want it to be solved. 
we created a product that they wanted and they liked. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about creating a Volkswagen with an Audi. It wasn't about creating a Ford pickup with an Audi. It was about creating an Audi. That's right. And so I think that sometimes that can be lost. And, and you know, there was, a, a I think it was a Darren Stooks mm -hmm. in starting an auto shop. And he's like really upset because shopware or one of the other softwares didn't do whatever. And it was this, that, or the other. And one of the things that I've learned through being friends with you and, and Carolyn and others is that everybody gets the same complaints about the same things. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about that is because it's always the same complaint. It's got to mean that it's the shop owner. It's not the software. And so I've really watched and, and seen how people implement these softwares. And it's that they continually try to make the software do what they want it to do. But the software isn't built to do what they want it to do. The software is built to do what it does. That's right. So they never learn how to do what it does. That's right. And and shopware is different. It's it's not like your traditional and that's done intentionally because if we give you Mitchell 10 years after, you know, Mitchell comes out or whatever, I'm using Mitchell as an example, but right. anything that you used in the past, if we give you that same thing, you're not innovating, you're not growing and therefore your your shop is going to stay exactly where it's always been with no texting with right. no whatever that might be right and right. everything's evolving and so the software needs to evolve as well and we want to make sure that we're giving you answers to the core problems that are in your shop right? right if we're not solving those problems then why switch right well and and you know it's interesting though because if you answered every call to every problem that every shop owner had and you tried to fix all of those problems, David pointed out a long time ago, you'd end up with 50,000 buttons to nowhere. And there are systems that look like that. Right. I, <laughs> I tried to use one one time. It was terrible. David also tried to use one like that. How'd that work That's out? That's what I used to have. Yeah, but you tried to switch at one point and it was... Yeah, that didn't work out. <laughs> I couldn't build a ticket. It was awful. I couldn't build a ticket. That's what I told, I told the guy. I'm like, listen, if I can't figure out how to, without you babysitting me, how to build a simple ticket, I want to do a drain and fill on a Tonda. Like I type in drain, pass services, hit the button, <laughs> it dumps in. I'm done. That's it. I built it once. Done. Right. I couldn't build uh, a drain and refill. Drain and refill in, in my my in the software I was looking at. And I, I told the guy, I'm like, this isn't going to work. I'm just telling you right now. I'm going to have to train my all my staff. There's going to be growing pain. Like, nope, done. And you would rather train your staff to do things better, right? If you're yeah. going to have to retrain them, let me train you how to do things better and more efficient. And we talk about you know, efficiencies. You you don't you want to spend the time training them on. Like how to pick up cues from a customer, how to, you know, make a better connection with a customer. You, you want to train them on that, not this button is supposed to send you here and then make sure that you transfer this here. Not the like that, that part should, it should be, be intuitive. It should be natural. It should flow. And, and, you know, I, that was the reason. So when we were looking at software, right, mm -hmm. I was talking to David and David said, I went with shopware because. It does this, mm -hmm. right? This is what it does. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, so what, what is it that you like about it? And he said, man, I don't have to rethink it. Yes. Right. It's very simple. It's very intuitive. You just click the button and it does what you think it's going to do. And, and I appreciate that it's never gone 
beyond that, mm-hmm. right? It's never been overcomplicated to the point that it's miserable to use because somebody said, I want this feature. Okay, we added this feature. Okay, well, now I want that feature. Okay, we're going to add that feature. Well, I don't like that feature because that feature does this, not that. Okay, well, we'll change that feature to where you can do this or that. And the next thing you know, you click settings and it's 5,000 pages of thing after thing after thing when the the end goal of what we're trying to accomplish is pretty straightforward and pretty simple, yes. right? To write a ticket, it doesn't need to be that complex. There's things that you could always add to make it do that cool little thing, right? Like labor matrices, things like that. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to have that. No. You need to keep it simple. That's right. And Shopware is really trying to remove human error. There are right. things that we cannot do, like shopper's not going to talk to your customer for you, right? right? So freeing up some of your time for things that are just repetitive and that you really don't need to do, like the computer can do it, allows you to develop a relationship with your customer and spend more time with them versus having to constantly work for the software. What do you think about that? Sure. (laughs) I mean, seriously, though, that is is refreshing compared to the other conversations that are being had in the software realm right now. Who says, who says differently? There are some that are really trying to add complexity to the operation. They want very, very, uh, maybe not David Johnson. I don't think he's a, he's a good example, but you know, a completely automated configuration where you click add car, the consumer calls, it looks up the telephone number, like all those things are neat. Listen, way back, way back, way back in the day, this is like maybe like late 16, I was so sick of my SMS, I asked a friend who wrote code, can you build me a program? And he's like, probably. And he started building a program. And the coolest feature of what he had built was he had taken all of my invoices, had aggregated the information, and if I typed in, this was the one of the, what we had, one of the, the repairs that we had done. It kind of works like past services. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. It kind of works like that. But where past services, if you make a mistake on a repair order, you forgot this whatever, right? Coolant, for example, yes. Yeah. So that that was at the very beginning, by the way. I don't know how many times I used to forget to charge for coolant. <laughs> yeah. right? I'm sensing a theme here. Again, in the last show, you were also talking about how you're forgetting to pay people or something. <laughs> did I, who, who did I forget to pay? Maybe not forget to pay. You were forgetting something that Listen, pay, your bills, like that. pay your bills or something. Oh, no, I do that intentionally. Trust <laughs> <Right>. me. <laughs> well, th- this morning he says... I just about didn't make it. And I'm like, this is the biggest show of the year for us. Why did you just about not make it? And he said, because let me tell you, see, what oh, yeah, I've forgotten to pay the, the parking lady. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's a parking so- lot next door and he goes to the shop. He forgets to pay her. He goes to the shop to pay her. He forgets about why he went to the shop. So he starts doing something else. So no, no, I went to the shop and needed to get everything situated, but I got there late. And then I'm like, oh, crap, I hadn't paid the parking lady. So I had to rush to the bank. And then I made it late to the airport and turn in the whole thing. Anyway, so uh, it kind of works like past services. Okay. The, problem, the problem with past services is if you forget coolant, you'll always forget to, cool, yeah. to do the yeah. coolant thing. Um, so what he had done was he had, he had taken all my invoices 
And he said, if you look up like intake manifold on a Ford 4.6, he looks at all the tickets and 100% of the tickets had intake manifold on it. And 97% of the tickets had coolant on it. And 94% of the cool, the, the tickets had this, uh, whatever coolant, uh, outlet on it. And 91% of the tickets had this bracket and then these bolts. And then, so you could see whenever you start to build the ticket, you could then select as you went down the list, just like, okay, well, obviously I'm going to do intake manifold, but the idea was to take every shop using all of the the information aggregate all of it okay and he had built some software to do this it was the coolest thing ever but then i found shopware and abandoned the whole thing (laughs) i did (laughs) i'm just curious if you don't mind saying how much did you spend for this functionality uh, he was um he uh he did a lot of drugs (laughs) (laughs) i didn't have to pay him anything so, <laughs> but it, he got it working. He got, he got the core functionality, the algorithm. That's, that's what he wanted the, the sort of the AI to figure out how to do this. Okay. He got that working. And then like, yeah, we ended up abandoning the whole thing because I found shopware and I'm like, oh, I don't have to use this complicated, like convoluted mess of a system. I asked it works. it's really expensive to build good software. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no. Trust me. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, the, the problem wouldn't have been the, the bare bones, like structure of it. I think he would, he had a lot of the functionality working. The problem is like who, the graphic user interface, yep. Yep. building it out, Part, what it looks ordering. like. That well, we didn't even get into that. Uh, but that that was one of the I uh, one of the um, the ways I found parts tech. I found ended up finding parts tech doing research on hey, we need. I don't want to build the Epicor like RO Rider right, Epicor right. like built in. Yeah. I wanted something like that. I said that is cool. But it's ridiculously expensive and it's only like built into this one software. And I said, there's got to be some software solution. We found parts tech. I'm like, that's awesome. I signed up for parts tech immediately. But then I found out you guys integrated. I'm like, that, that was the end of that. Right. Well, good. I'm glad that wasn't the end of that. You know, yeah. And then he's been <laughs> telling everybody about it ever since. And, and you know, my software? No. I never told I've never, no, I don't everybody about software. software. Oh. I, I didn't tell anybody about software. I told one person, Luke Sunderwood. Well, that, that was the, the most end of, important That was person. the end of that. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I think for me, the issue with what you describe is the one person who puts the one part in under a different name or describes it differently or it's a yeah. different part number or it changes and then we need to move it. And, and that's one of the issues that we have is that consistency. And so, you know, that's what's cool about shopware is the way that parts tech interfaces with it. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, uh, I mean, so like, but the description, they're pulling the descriptions from the catalogs. Yeah. Right. So when it dumps in, like, sometimes you got to clean it up because it, look, it looks awful. The like, description the that's pulled in from parts yeah, tech. Yeah. That gets pulled in from parts but, tech. But, it's not just parts tech either. It's like next part. Yes. It, Sometimes they dump in there and it's like, you know, 45 pages long of a description and it's got X's in there and like, like, oh, 
you got to delete all of it and start over. But my point is, is that when you when you add that part in, now as long as the right part number is on there and you know you've got the right part, the next time you look it up, you get the right part next time. That's oh yeah, right. yeah. Right, and and if you need to switch parts, you can switch parts really quickly and really easily. And so that's one of the things that I really love about it is it was never meant to be an overly complex system. It was never meant to overthink it to that degree. Yeah. And, and so, I, I, you know, we talk about shops trying to reinvent the wheel. I don't think the wheel needs to be reinvented. I think it works like it's supposed to work, right? Actually, so, yes. And it's funny because we talked about this earlier, but people who move over from another system try to get shopware to work yeah. the way their old system worked, right. which, which to me is strange because you're moving away from that system. So right. why would why you? Would you that's yeah. right. Why would you, you want know, it to uh, mo- work the same way? You guys got to make that like super clear to them. Like, I know you're not doing the selling all the time. I'm just saying, like, when you get somebody on the phone, I and and I, I guess that sort of works against you guys because you want to think that every shop is a good fit, but every shop is not a good fit. What made that click for me? There was a post. Where somebody was building out um, a remover, a break, it was a brake service, right? Mm-hmm. And what the guy had done was he built a Mitchell ticket. <laughs> it was like R and R, like brake pads and rotors, and then all of the repair information, you know, remover, install brake pads, clean the hardware, lubricate them, and them, like all of that description. He had dumped it in the notes section underneath the title of the job. And somebody had gone on there and said, uh, that's not the way it's designed. It, it was meant to look differently and itemize the labor, you know, line by line, what you're doing. So it's real clean and easy for the customer to understand what you did. And that clicked. It would like, I'm like, this was years ago. After that, I went back and I'm like, because well, I never did the whole, right, just dump right. that paragraph on. I never did that. But. All of a sudden, it wasn't just remove and replace part. Now it's like uh, we did. Um, dang it! What? What? <laughs> I'm trying to think. It was. It was. Um, I, I can't remember. It was some some repair customer wanted a, a quote on it. I look it up, and it, it wasn't. It wasn't just a, an easy one that you can just look up the time or whatever. Like I had to go into all data and look at the repair procedure and make sure that I caught everything. But I was thinking literally like the remove and replace intake manifold, remove and replace exhaust manifold, remove and replace water right. outlet, right. remove them, replace this. And under the title, you just start making line, 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 line. So now the the whole the whole process is outlined to the customer. It's very apparent, like the amount of work that this isn't just me remove and replace this one little sensor. Right. It's like, oh, I got to take some time and cover right. off. I got to disassemble half the car to do this. And it's all listed out. Well, and, and you know, I have had conversations with people. And, and it was interesting because I posted in one of the groups about that with someone. And he's like, no, I'm not trying to make shopware work my way. I'm just trying to make shopware work. And I'm like, no, no, no. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. You are trying to make shopware work. Like he's like, but no, that's how shops work. And I'm like, no, dude, there, I promise. Yes. Like that might be how your shop works, but there's a different way to do this. If you'll just try something a little bit different. And he was convinced 
He was convinced that the software was broken and not doing what it was supposed to do. Yes. And it wasn't that at all. So I get him on the telephone. I'm like, hey, do this, 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 and this. And he's like, holy shit. Yes. That works. What did you tell him? What would he but, say holy shit to? Well, so in other words, like where we put our notes. Like he was going through and he was building an estimate in the regular repair. And he was converting that to a recommendation. And then he was going over and he was typing something up. And he was like, he was clicking estimate. And then he was starting estimate. And then he was going to all data and to look up the labor time. And then he was typing it in. And then he was going and looking up a part number. And then he was. But also but, to be fair, like. Maybe they didn't no, have all the stuff turned on. No, no one's had past services before right? right so so when someone thinks when when Ma- they th- max trucks had past services really yeah hmm. now i'm gonna have to go look but that the up the problem with, with not max not trucks, in the same way well right it, it, it worked it worked exactly the same way the only the only thing different is that you couldn't search like you guys can i can deselect 2010 honda yeah, exactly. odyssey timing belt if I do a t- 2010 Honda Odyssey, it has to be a 2010 Honda Odyssey, or you're not going to see the job. Where I can deselect 2010 and that 2009 exact same car, exact same everything. I'm like, oh, there it is, boom, and I can dump it in there. That was the the key difference. So let me correct myself then. The large majority <laughs> of shop management systems don't offer past services, hmm. and so because it's such a foreign concept, people try to use it like try to use shopware like an older system but when you start to like you know you've heard of ccc what is it concern cause correction Mm -hmm. right and so everybody wants to lay it all out in the service and it's like well if you make this service unique to this person's visit today you can't use that service moving forward because now you've you've made it unique to them and their concern and their problem whereas the bulk of what you would do in that service should be on the body of the ticket. Yeah. And in the side there, you can make it unique to whomever and their experience for today. Right. Well, and and here's the deal is that I think that is the large majority of the problem. We say all the time, like the 300% rule would fix just about any auto repair shop mm-hmm. out there today. Mm-hmm. Right. But you go and you talk to them about it. They're like, we're doing it. No, no, you're not. Because if you were doing it, that's not what your numbers would look like. Your numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. Mark Perkins, <laughs> your numbers don't lie, right? If you look at the numbers, the numbers are what they are. And if you're doing the 300% rule, it will show. You're looking at their sell-through rate. Right. Their sell-through rate's 99%. It's like, dude, you ain't doing the 300% exactly. rule. Exactly. And, and this so- is another great example, right? If we didn't have that separation, it would be right. hard to understand what the customer came in your door for right. versus then what you recommended versus then what that conversion exactly. is. Exactly. And so if you don't follow the process, right, if you try and write tickets like you've always written tickets, because think about it, when you wrote a ticket, and and I came from all data managed, so it had a spot that you could make something a recommendation, right? But in shopware, it works differently, and people are trying to build them. Like, I've seen guys go down the entire repair order thing after thing after thing, and then they'll call the client, and they'll say, hey, would you like to do this? Would you like to do this? Would you like to do this? No, yes, no, yes. Delete, 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 delete. Yes. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> you just spent all of that time. You put all of that effort They delete in. it? Yeah. Yes. And they just delete it off. What? And I'm like, yes. they're like, this doesn't work like it's supposed to. It's so much work. No, you're not doing it. No, this is how my old software worked. Yeah. And then they lose the <laughs> so benefit. 
the benefit of past recommendations, which is, yes, absolutely. I've heard about this several times. That's deranged. (laughs) I know. Well, I mean, that's the interesting thing is that a lot of these people who say that the software doesn't work like they think it should work, don't understand how the software is supposed to work. And they try and implement their shop into the software instead of taking their shop and saying, how do we develop a system around this? Right? So, well, that's what I was saying earlier is like some shops, like they're not, they're not ready for shop. <laughs> take a shop that's like is hardcore paper. Yep. Like we have phones. That's what we use. That's it. And so when I need to send a ticket, they're, they're messaging us. Where's my ticket? Where's my ticket? Where's my ticket? There's no walking up and going, Hey, uh, where's my piece of paper? Where's my print off? You, you see what I'm saying? Yes. So if you're, if you're like, Oh, I got to have paper. Like, uh, you're going to have trouble adapting if you can't get away from that. Could, could you print it? I guess maybe, but that's also scary. Think about everything that's available to yeah. you at any yeah. moment and you're writing it down. And then what happens if that paper is lost? Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I was in a shop the other day, a good friend of mine, and, and they're printing it out first thing in the morning, and they're still dispatching work orders with shopware like that. And I'm oh. like, you can't, like, I, I don't think this works. He's like, no, I've got a tech who really wants paper. I understand, but, like, the process. And he's like, well, but I don't have all my information. And, dude, there's a system to do this that works. And then it's logged, right? Yes. And, and so for me, more than anything, that log is really important. Yeah. It gives you visibility that you've never had before. Right. So if one of your technicians is like, I don't want to do that job and they delete it off the ticket. And if you, mm-hmm. you know, didn't know that, I don't then you have functionality. I guess one of my texts says, I can't delete <laughs> well, it. I mean, that, that's just tickets. it. I go back and look all no. the time. When was all the texts would be have one thing on. <laughs> like, got it all done. There you go. Or they overwrite a price or right. they when, make any changes. All of that is logged so you can manage yeah. versus when, prohibiting. When did the car come in? Mm-hmm. When did we build a ticket? Right. So I can check the cameras. Hey, I can hold my team accountable. Trust, but verify. Mm-hmm. When, when did we build a ticket? Well, that car was dropped off at seven o'clock and you didn't get a ticket built till nine o'clock. Yeah. Well, there's a reason for it. We didn't have the keys. Okay. I can see that you saw the ticket. I can see that you looked through the ticket. Right, the technician was transferred the ticket. I can see if we've got holes in our workflow by that. Yeah. Right, and I mean, I, I do it to, to talk to the customer. It's like I saw that you saw the ticket. Well, that's actually a very good point. So when I was still selling, when I was an individual contributor, I I was out there ta- training a guy, and he calls me and he's like, "Your software's broken, broken." <laughs> And I'm like, why? What's going on? And he's like, I've shared this repair order with my customer three times, three times. And I called and they said they haven't received it. So I open up that ticket and I look in the log and I'm like, well, your customer has opened that and looked at it three times. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Pretty beneficial, right? (laughs) Like you can really work them through that very, very well. And, And even cooler is like, Oh, I didn't know that's what my total was going to be. Yes. No, no, no you knew. It's, the, it's written on there. Right. And the fact that now they have to sign. Oh, yes. oh that was the best. Yes. When that, when that change came down, man, things are so... Because, again, 
we're a little weird. I don't talk to my customers. We don't, <laughs> we don't call. We don't, we don't do any of this that. This isn't like, weird. This is normal for is you. Is it really? It's normal no, for you. No, okay. No, <laughs> I started saying, you're like, oh, we have a lot of customers that never call their, their. So we don't, we don't call our customers. We, we built, they get the test text message through auto text me that, Hey, your car's been checked in. We're inspecting it. They get the DVI. The DVI then gets dumped into shopware. And that then becomes our guide to build the individual estimate. So we go through, this was the recommendation. Here's the estimate recommendation. And when you guys made that switch, you rearranged the way the the estimates presented. It looks really nice now, very clean, right? And they can individually select it. But now we used to get, hey, how much is it going to be? What is it going to be after tax? Like all these questions, we used to get them. And then you'd have to go through and not anymore. Like all that's gone. Now it's just bloop. It's very clear. Very clear. Super easy. And, and, you know, that was one of the complaints that was on there is that when that change happened, that people were having a hard time figuring it out. Yeah. If you're not asking for approvals. Right. And like, so that, that was what I've noticed is a lot of shops don't build those estimates. They don't follow the 300% rule. No. And shopware is really built to follow the 300% rule. The way it works, like Mm -hmm. if you follow the 300% rule, and you use that process. Like I've got a process. I've got a whole word document of exactly you've seen it. Yes. Of how it works in the shop. Right. And if you follow that through piece by piece by piece, there's no way you can frick it up. There's zero way. What, are, what is it that they're saying? Well, I mean, they, they were saying like, well, when they added this authorization piece, it doesn't work. And then you go and you say, Hey, show me what you're doing. And it turns out that they weren't they were building it, like I said, they were building a bunch of estimates in the regular workflow. Yes. Or they were, you know, they weren't writing up what it was. They just made an estimate and they didn't title the job properly and they just threw it over there to the side. So they were building it, the but they weren't moving understand. it over to a recommendation? Well, they, that's the problem is they were building it on the body of the ticket if they build it. In and never system. moved it over. Because we right. used to build them way before, before uh, Auto Text Me and, and Shopware talked to each other back and forth, right? Okay. What we used to do was we used to build the entire ticket on the body. Oh, ouch. And then Mo's like, hey, listen, I, one time I'm building a ticket and she sees me and she's like, what the hell are you doing? And <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? She's way. like, well, the reason Dude. why we did it that way is because after the fact, I could then individually move it in the order that I wanted them to oh, see it. Oh, understood. So I would then move all the recommended, but you have to move them over to recommendations so they can hit the approve button. Yeah, but that's scary because then your story, your value of why they should be doing this thing is then separated yeah. well, right? well, yeah, well that, that was the only thing we, we had to be so you, you would have to uh, move it over publish move it over publish move it over publish then that would break it up into chunks that then i could edit in and type in the story oh, see what i'm saying Oh, i see i see so mm-hmm. it wasn't just a block of recommendations and some random text at the top everything was outlined specifically but okay. that changed whenever the integration happened this was like what twenty twenty maybe I don't yeah. even know where the like stage five or whatever Chris calls it 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 was it was two way integration when everything got dumped in and you had the link with the pictures and that yeah. whole thing like we stopped doing that we didn't need to anymore it's like well now the DVI like set your DVI however you want it and then just make your recommendations on there because if they need to know well why is it they're recommending but. They've got the link right there. Well, and and you bring up a a good point, though, is that years ago, the presentation was on the telephone. 
Yes. Right. We made the presentation on the telephone. I think the presentation is on the telephone for like 90% of shops still. It is. It is. And, and so Not even, my shop. even though that's a great thing in a lot of ways, like having the telephone presentation is still good. I don't have a problem with the telephone presentation, but we are visual people. We're an Amazon world. We, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to set you off talking about Amazon, but <laughs> Amazon's evil. Um, but Christmas, so, Amazon, ah, <laughs> nightmares. <laughs> he's going to have a nightmare about that. He's going to call, need somebody to bring him a beanie. My family sends each other Amazon wish lists. It's just like you sucking the life out of the holiday. <laughs> I should have shut my mouth. I'm sorry. Uh, I added to that. (laughs) So, but but it's weird getting gifts too. Brandon Dills just freaked me out. I don't like gifts. Brandon brings you a gift, and David locks up, and he gets like, like you'll see him tremble. Right? He's like a little rat. You watch. I saw saw his head sweating. That's what was going on. (laughs) If I need something, I go out and buy it. (laughs) You know what, though? That was very sweet of him. Yes, ma'am. There are five love languages, and usually people who give you a particular love language, it's because they enjoy that love language, so maybe he enjoys gifts. So it's about the other person? Sometimes it's not about them. (laughs) It's just about how they feel loved, and so they're showing you how they feel loved by doing the thing that makes them feel loved. Should should I point out? Mm Mm-hmm. As you said that, you mm-hmm. notice his head turned this way. Mm-hmm. He looks up. He gets this little squint in the eyes. You see the forehead yes, wrinkle. I did. That went deep retrospection. We could talk for 20 minutes. And he <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Dills, I would appreciate love language in the form of listening to what the flip I'm asking you to do. And not, it's just ignoring your, what explain, I'm telling you. Explain what you're talking about. He, he sometimes hits me up for advice. So and there's a very service. there's a very obvious answer <laughs> to his problem, and I say, "Here's your answer." Okay, kicks it to the side and does something completely different. <laughs> then comes back and he goes, "Hey, I should have listened to you." And it turns out you were right. So your love language is probably acts of service. I'm just saying. Probably acts of service. Yeah, but I'm sorry, I squirreled off. Where were we? We could be talking about acts love languages service. for a while. That's probably more valuable than anything I could Love say. languages? Yeah. Is that a thing? It is. It's a real thing. We should bring no, like Justin it. Allen in. Justin Allen is a master of this conversation. Yes. Same. Love here. languages? Mm-hmm. Yes. So he would, he, this sounds like a book though. It is. It's a <laughs> it's book. A, That's bye. right. I mean, it's not even a very long book and I don't remember who the author is, but when you read it and you understand, like my love language is words of affirmation. Um, physical touch is a close second. So you could come and tell me, oh my God, you are the best person I know and give me a high five. And I'm like, oh my God, they just love me. <laughs> but but that if, would creep me out. See, that's not your love <laughs> language. That's Dad, why. Don't touch me. <laughs> David, David is, is one that has like uh, hate languages. Okay. Yes. David yes. doesn't do the love thing. Yes. So I'm a very sure. loving or caring person. So, so my daughter's, my daughter's is quality time and me, I'm telling her I love her, giving him some, her some high fives and a hug and you know, she's not feeling loved. I have to spend time with her in order for her to feel appreciated. That would require a certain level of self-awareness. Well, good thing is there's a test. 
and you don't have to test. You don't. It takes like ten minutes. You don't. I want to know your love language. You really don't. (laughs) (laughs) I would venture to say Lucas is either quality time or words of affirmation. Uh, Probably all of the above. I don't know. I'll take. I want to. You you need to take that test. I want to know. Listen, I, I have a feeling if you take the test, you're going to fail. I think I will fail. fail. <laughs> you cannot be loved. And a big, just an X. It's like, uh, just like loading and loading right. and loading. It's like we can't even come Circle to a conclusion. <laughs> well, sorry, buddy. You're a, oh man, I don't know how to tell you this, but um, hey, so um, let's change the I'm subject. Gonna, I'm going to look this up. I'm not kidding. This is, uh, this is very interesting. Oh, wow. I, actually, I think it's, I think it's important to know, like, yes. you know. I'm married. Yes. And what if I'm high-fiving her and she doesn't want to be high-fived? <laughs> I bet you $50 it's right now. It's not where you think I'm high-fiving her. Trust me. <laughs> I bet you $50, David, says... Big old palm. <laughs> says her love language is something that you are not you are not meeting right now. I, I guarantee it because I <laughs> don't even know where to begin with that. <laughs> I'm like, here's a cookie. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Gifts. Gifts. I cook for my family. That's oh. how I tell them I love see, them. See, exactly. Acts of service. I told you that was yours. Is that what it is? That's act, Dang acts, it. Acts yeah, of but service. They figured me out in 30 <laughs> seconds. You're not, you're not as deep as you'd like to think you are. I don't think I'm deep at all. I there's just only think five, there so it's not that hard. Yeah. And you kind of gave it away and I, then you again you said i cook for my family so you're giving them your version of love there you go see that's very cool i'm I just mean, gonna make they, sure that, i don't know i'm gonna know just this. pull up the love language test and go yeah there you go i love you 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 should have your kids take it too because i'm telling you it helped me with there's, my children super little though they're not gonna know there's kid tests is there i had my my little boy take it when and I read him the questions because obviously he was little and he couldn't read them. But um, yeah, he, his and my daughter's are completely different. Really? Completely different. Very interesting. So my son, he's always hanging on me. He loves me because that's his physical touch is his love language. And my yeah. daughter, don't touch her. She wants nothing to do with you touching her. But I you need to not do that to my kids. Yeah. You need to spend like at least a good two hours a day or however frequently you're going to give her that she will just suck it up and, really? and love it yeah and my mom is acts of service we were always like button heads but it's because i wasn't doing all the things she wanted me to do so once i started doing that hers and my relationship started improving acts of service receive gifts mm-hmm. receiving gifts for some people receiving a heartfelt gifts what makes them feel most loved is that what you is that what you need i don't feel do you loved, need but... me to tell you i love you with some gifts my niece my niece <laughs> my niece's gifts and she has no shame in telling you what are you gonna buy me <laughs> it's it's a thing <laughs> is that a thing yeah words of affirmation mm-hmm. physical touch and quality time that's it just five. I, you gotta take the test we gotta know mm-hmm. you gotta as a matter of fact i think we should live stream you taking the test acts of service you know i don't know if you know this david does all of the freaked out. I don't know that I know my wife's. <laughs> you know how long I've been married to her? Well, do you know how love she's going to feel like you even want she? to know? I do want to know because I'm like, 
I don't know that I know. <laughs> I don't either. I, I think I try them all. Ah, oh, there you go. I do. I try them Rapid all. Fire. Like, Rapid the acts fire. Acts of service. Okay, so I would do. I do a lot of kicking forward because you know put a lot of effort and love into the food, and I buy her crap all the time that I think she needs. I, I bet you needs. the only <laughs> not once. No, like needs. you know, like well, yeah, it's it's want stuff. Like you know, it's like okay. oh, I think she would really like this. Oh, okay. and that and I buy her that. There are almost no words of affirmation. Yes. I what if that's her number one? I will. No, nah, that's going to be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting divorced. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you, but she, not that she's much. She's going to spend her whole life feeling unloved. There's just going to be any. Well, if y'all have been married. I can married, shoot her a text. Yeah. If y'all like, have hey. been married for a while and you're not giving her that, then it's safe to It's assume. probably not that. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Quality time. Well, send we, her, send we her spend, a text right now and tell her, take this test immediately. Yeah, hey, I'm curious. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> and be like, Christy, hey, I'm I have no you. idea who you are as a person. I would like you to take this <laughs> test so I can figure it out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, this, uh, this got off topic real quick, but I'm enjoying it because he's like genuinely interested in yeah. this, and I've never seen him interested in anything. anything. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, maybe hiking. Yeah, this is the, this is <laughs> yeah hiking. When did I talk about the hiking? I told I told you <laughs> on a podcast because yeah. obviously I know. <laughs> I need to watch what I actually say these things. <laughs> You're just you know what's messed up is I have to edit this, so I skip over whatever the hell I'm talking about. I just can't listen to myself. I'm like, <laughs> no wonder people hate you so much. <laughs> I already said it. I know what I said. I don't need to listen to it again. Yeah, I don't know what I said. Apparently, no. We were talking presentation. We were talking that. I'm surprised you remembered that. I've like lost that conversation. It was done. Because he (laughs) stays on topic and he's like, and then as we start to go off, he just goes. (laughs) I appreciate it though, Lucas. I really do. Because I would have forgotten already. I I definitely have the, um, there's a mute button here. Okay. And I can completely mute David. And I can turn on a ringing noise that just allows me to. Yeah, exactly. That allows me to go into a different world. Um, But in all seriousness, though, I I think that we're to the point where what Shopware does, what Techmetric does, what many of these softwares offer is an electronic presentation in a format which is consistent with that which consumers are used to seeing now. Mm -hmm. If you do not build that format in the way that the software was designed to work, you are not building a presentation, and it is not going to work. That's right. That's exactly right. And the problem is, is I am going to get myself kicked out of the Shopware user group because I am going to lose my mind <laughs> if one more person, like, no, you're trying to make it work your way. No, I am not trying to make it work my way. <laughs> I promise I'm not. <laughs> you okay over there? He's what, thinking you, off about, about love languages now. He's I just stuck there in that conversation. This, that was a very intense press of the, of the <laughs> table there. What do you do with Dutch? Du- and, and, and so it's interesting because Todd Compton is the shop. I was talking about using paper. And we're talking about scheduling. And Dutch is like, you need to use a notebook. And I'm like, the, the thing is, is that Dutch 
will not pick up on that new technology. Dutch doesn't want to pick up on the new technology. Dutch doesn't want to do that. And, and for Dutch to feel relevant and feel like he can teach that content to someone, he can teach them a way that's worked for him for 30 years, 25 years, very, very well. And he knows it works. So he feels confident and comfortable in teaching them that. So he teaches them that. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's in a we're in a different world now. We see things differently. The consumer wants to buy a different product than they did five years ago. To them, auto repair does not look like it did in 2019 or 2015 or 2010. Auto repair looks different. Why is that? It's because softwares like Shopware came out and said, here's a presentation. We're not just giving you the opportunity to talk to somebody on the phone. They say, this is what's wrong with the car. And you say yes or no. Well, We're I think giving that's, you a visual interpretation of that. I think that's right. But I also think that what's really happening is over time, communication has evolved. Right. right? And so to your point, there was a point where we could only pick up the phone and have a conversation with someone, our customers. Um, and some people still want that. Right. And you can absolutely still give them that if that's what they want. Right. But we've opened up all of these other communication styles to be able to, if somebody wants a phone call and walk through the presentation, great. Right. If you have somebody who literally never answers the phone and, and you're, you know, the car is up stuck in the lift and you're just waiting there right. for them to call you back. Well, guess what? You can just send that thing off right. and never talk to anyone ever. Well, well and, and so here's my question then. We, I don't think that we're at a spot that we can forego that digital presentation anymore. No. I, I, I think if you want to call them, great. But I think you still have to send them that presentation. I think they still need to be able to see the presentation, visualize it, connect to it. My clients, that's mm -hmm. what they want. Um, because it shows your value, right? right? If you just, you know, did a $7,000 job on a vehicle and all you handed them was a little piece of paper that was a receipt, they would be very skeptical of, was that thing even right. broken? Was it even broken or did you just and, charge me $7,000 for nothing? And, Whether they trust the shop or not, that's still going to be there. And even if they, but here's the thing is, even if they didn't, that probably would not be the client for me, right? They're yeah, not going right. to enjoy going through my process. And yeah, so, there's, a, there's a lot of customers that just don't. But don't. I mean, does that mean that, that hey, that, that client's probably not a good fit for me? Or is it that, hey... Um, a, a shop that doesn't want to offer this level of detail, does that mean you're going to kill me for saying this? Uh, does that mean that's not a shop for shopware, not a shop for tech metric? What does that, how do you, like, you eventually got to differentiate that, right? I think a lot of times, to, you've been telling me this for years, right? We've got to change the perception of the industry, right? right? And when you think about it, really, shops automotive repair shops are like doctors. They're just, they have a different client base. It's vehicles versus right. a human, right? Right. And if you went into the doctor tomorrow and they said, hey, you got some real issues going on. We need to remove whatever you have going on. Right. And, and maybe put a fake one in, maybe, who knows, whatever the, right. the issue is, right? You wouldn't be like, sure, go ahead and do it. When is it going to be done? And here's $10,000 for that. Right. You would get scans and images and information all of this information to make right. sure that's that's the right thing to do right so this is why you value 
a, a doctor or someone doing this work is because they inform you right. and you're doing the same thing on a vehicle. And if you're not informing them, then you're not building up that value of why you're charging them the amount of money you're charging them. And so if you're just building a standard estimate and saying it's this much to fix your car, you're what's wrong with our industry. Is that what she's saying? I think that's what she said. <laughs> well, I am a customer. Right. I don't actually work in a shop. And I went into many shops when I first moved to, to Nashville. And the first shop I went into told me there was, I don't even remember, it's been so long, but there was something wrong. And I'm like, great, can you show me? And he's like, customers don't want to go back there and see that. Right. And I'm like, I'm asking you. Right. So right. I'm pretty sure that means I, I want to see it. So you telling me I don't want to see it just makes, makes me, me never want to yeah. come back to you. Right. And then so the next shop I go to, I, I want to say they were using, it doesn't matter. They did an oil change. Mm -hmm. And on the back of the paper, they wrote two P codes on the back. Right. No estimates. No, here's what's going on. Just to, I don't know what the P codes are. Like, how right. would I ever know what those mean? Right. So it's not really about if they're not doing it, that's not the right way because there are customers who potentially want that type of communication. Right. Right. And you can do both in shopware. If you don't want to be informative, fine. If you do want to be informative, again, we, we take both paths. Right. But for customers, who want to be informed when they make decisions, I want more information. Yes. Well, and I mean, here's the thing is that if, if in my mind, the way shopware is built mm -hmm. is it is built to give that information, present it as a presentation. Yes. And then ask them to say yes or no. Yes. And that is the extent of it. In my mind, it doesn't. And, and so I, it's hard for me to look at shops who do it I don't even know how to describe how they do it. They just don't use the software, mm -hmm. right? Like at the end of the day, they're just not using it the way it was designed. Mm -hmm. It frustrates me to death that they stand there and say, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> what doesn't work? Well, the thing doesn't work. The employee right. of the shop. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. I mean, what what do you say to them? I mean, like, how do you, David, what, I mean, oh. I don't know. I don't get it. I, I, I just wonder, like, you, 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 you take somebody like Dutch who's, who's wanting to inform the customer, and they probably sit there and explain absolutely every little detail about the repair process and what's needed on the car and recommendations, and they, they go through this whole thing. And that's how it's always been taught. It's like you have to do this, like this whole thing. And some of the more aggressive shops even take it a step further and they'll say well you know there was <laughs> yeah and you remember this the the well i'm going to give you the name of our tow company mm -hmm. and it it's obvious that you do not value the reliability of your vehicle yeah. so i'm going to give you this phone number and when the vehicle breaks down you can be able to, to call <laughs> this tow company and they'll take real good care of you Right, and, that was and one of their, for that much for that much more expensive repair that we all know is coming mm. for the money. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it literally said that. It literally the thought track was, <laughs> Mister Client, 
I have clients who don't want to repair their vehicle now. And while I know that's going to make for a much more expensive repair later, and you're also going to need to be towed in and lose a whole day, um, I still want you to be my client. So when your car breaks, give me a call. How's, how's that working for them? Extremely well. You'd be surprised. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Extremely well. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, like that's that's the angle that they take where um, I, I don't know what will what will end up being the future um, because those shops like that are so aggressive. They're going to get a good percentage of the sales out there that are there because they're, they're just going to go out and get it. Um, we take a much more passive approach where, yeah, I mean, it's a little Amazon-y, I guess. It's like. Hey, this is what you need. Here are the pictures. Here are the notes. We leave it in very plain language. We don't leave any tech talk in there. Like we try to edit that out and say, look, this is leaking. This is what it's going to take to fix. Hey, we also car overheated and we recommend a thermostat. Here's the additional thermostat recommendation. It's all outlined. And you'd be surprised. Like when we started like being sticklers about the the three hundred percent rule. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see seven hundred, eight to eight hundred dollar AROs. It's rare that we yep. drop under seven hundred, and we're a general repair shop. We don't do euro, and the consumer doesn't feel pressured. There's no, feel we don't have them on the phone. I mean, the, that's what I'm like. I, I don't understand the if the customer's fully informed. You're taking good pictures. <clears throat> you have a process to it, and and this, I guess, that's the key is to make sure you tell the customer. But even then. I would say that we explain the process maybe 50% of the time. That's how little it is. Right. Like, we don't do this whole dog and pony show at the drop-off. They're like, okay, you'll get a text from us. And then that's it. They walk out the door, and then they get the text, hey, we're inspecting your vehicle. Now, in the text like sequence, like we have it mapped out. Hey, my technicians are factory trained. They are. My technicians are going to look, look over your vehicle thoroughly. We'll address any issues that you might have. If there's any testing, you're, so that's all outlined. And so the text message comes up. They can see the inspection report. So they know the condition of the vehicle. They then get the estimate. Everything's outlined. And if you just inform the customer, they buy a thousand bucks from you. Yeah. And it's super easy. Like nobody wants to drive around. In a, in a jalopy. Like, no, they want their car fixed. No, but you know what else? Going back to the person who maybe isn't presenting in a shopware fashion, right? Um, whomever that might be. I think I'm more of an advocate for the shop because if you aren't documenting what's going on and you fix something, you're going to get a call from me a week later when a light goes on about something that's completely irrelevant. Yep. And I'm yep. thinking that the two are associated, yeah. right? So it's like, oh, you just fixed my water pump and now something else is completely wrong, but I'm thinking it's the thing I went in for. So, And even if you tell them about it, they still come back and say it. Oh, yeah. Right? But the, I, I, I like that. Oh, you remember declining that test? <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. That's the, oh, I love that. Do you remember declining that test? Oh, yeah. It's like, well, that's what that was there for. <laughs> so, so not only is it for the customer, but really it's for the shop yeah. Yeah. to really just cover their basis so that way they're not put in a situation where they're having to explain or they're having to, you know, try and retract every little step that happened between them and that customer. So 
yes, it's about presentation, but it's also about just um, the shop and, and protecting Ooh, themselves. The liability. I, yeah. I don't see how you do it. I really don't. Because at the end of the day, I think of all the different types of clients that I have to serve. Mm-hmm. Right. And for the most part, what do they want from me? They want their car fixed. Some people want an evaluation. Some people don't want an evaluation. Some people want fast. Some people don't want fast. Some people want higher quality. Some people want the bare bones, cheapest thing they can get, right? Mm -hmm. I could not imagine adding a complexity to that where we've got 250 different shop operation styles that you're trying to accommodate. And anything that is anything different than what they want to hear at any given time means you're wrong and you're bad. I don't think I could do it. I don't even mind that. What's really frustrating is when you talk to somebody about why they went with another shop management system and their response is, I don't know, just a bunch of people are doing it. And I'm thinking, you are the owner. You're supposed to be the visionary Oh, you we know. had that whole conversation earlier today, dear. <laughs> they are not and, at all that. <laughs> and, and you know, <laughs> successful people don't follow the crowd. Right. They, right. they step out away from that and they find nope. their own path and they, they go and they make their own path Correct. to becoming successful. So she, if, she gets it. If you're following someone else and you don't even know why you're following them, that's, that's all I'm saying. sad. It's really sad. Thank you. That's all I was saying. <laughs> she said it much more eloquently. Obviously, it's not my point. I went on a long tangent. That's not. That's how I, I could. That's my love language. Tangents. <laughs> <laughs> There's only five. <laughs> right? and that is not one, one of them. <laughs> Mighty Mo, thank you, dear. Yeah, thanks appreciate for having you me. Being here. Always, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.